0: Up on, the, up on the wall here is an illustration of what we're going to be talking about the next three weeks. As you look at the word trust that's highlighted in yellow through those words, we see the things that seem to be a heavy burden to most people at one time or another. And this morning, we're going to talk about worry. One of the songs we sang while ago had a phrase in it that really struck me when I was saying it last week. So I'm undefeated when I stand with Jesus. In 2 Peter chapter 1 verses 1 through 11 is where we're going to camp out this morning. And as we read these passages of scripture, we're going to look at where our lives are. Think about when you were born again, when you became a born again Christian He began a journey of growth. A growth that lasts a lifetime. And in this growth, we're developing, maturing, becoming confident and trusting in what God has to say. But does this journey get interrupted? Do we continue to grow? You know, we we grow up... And we get older physically. But are we maturing spiritually? That's a question. Age doesn't have anything to do with where you are in your spiritual growth. Because we get to a point sometimes in our lives where we, we just kind of hit a plateau and that's where we stay. We're comfortable. This morning... I want to ask you, what does your life resemble? Do you, do you worry about things? Does worry consume your thoughts? Do you struggle with the concept of giving stress and worry over to God? Are those just words that we talk in church and, and it really doesn't apply? So yeah, right, that's very simple. To, but no, it's not simple. I want to read a quote from Alistair Begg. When men and women are confused about what they believe, then you will find that their behavior also goes along with it. Are you confused about some of the things that you believe? Because that reflects how you feel and you act about it. Imagine God gives you a gift. His peace. In return, he asks that you give him your worries and your concerns. That seems crazy, but that's exactly what God wants us to do. He talks about giving us peace. He talks about giving us joy. And that's a gift. But do you really believe that? Let's turn to 1 Peter 1, verse 1. This letter from Simon Peter, a slave and an apostle of Jesus Christ. I'm writing to you who share the same precious faith we have. This faith was given to you because of the justice and fairness of Jesus Christ, our God and Savior. Look at that phrase, this faith was given to you. Those who are believers share the same precious faith... And it's the faith that is given to us, is given to us by God. Spurgeon said this, he tells us too that faith is precious and it is not, is it not precious? For it deals with precious things, with precious promises, with precious blood, with a precious redemption, with all the preciousness of the person of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Faith is precious. It is a precious gift. Verse 2. May God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in the knowledge, your knowledge of God and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. This is a verse that I've used when I'm talking about grace. But look at it. Peter's saying, may God give you more. Faith is a gift, but Peter says he wants to give you even more than that: is grace and peace. The American Standard Version says, "Grace and peace be multiplied to you." Now, these are two precious gifts that we're talking about. We're talking about grace and peace. Now, the Amplified Version. Now. Sometimes I look at other versions because our English language gets so limited at bringing a point out. I was talking to John about that before service, but the amplified version of verse two. Now listen to this, and it's on uh, the U version app notes if you are looking at that. Now listen carefully. Grace and peace, that special sense of spiritual well-being, are multiplied in you in the true. Intimate knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord—that has a more impactful thought to it to me. Do you feel a spirit, a sense of spiritual well-being? Well, yeah, I'm saved. I'm. I'm not talking about your salvation. Because salvation is something that God has given you and no one can take away. What I'm asking you is, do you have a sense of spiritual well-being? It's talking about right here. Do you have an intimate relationship with God? Or is your relationship with God superficial? I believe and God, and I believe I'm going to heaven, but is God the center of your life? Now look at verse 3. So Peter's talking about how faith is a gift, and he says, may God give you more and more grace and peace. He says in verse 3, by His divine power, God has given us everything we need to living a godly life. Underline that in your Bible. Or highlight it. By his divine power. God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. Do you believe that? So that's the question. Do you really believe that he has given you everything you need to live a godly life? We have received all of this. Peter says by coming to know him. Coming to know God, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and grace. It all begins with God. He gives us the gift of salvation. He gives us the gift of faith. He gives us everything we need for a godly life. He gives his divine power to us. But knowing God is the key. These things come from His divine power. Hebrews 1 verse 3. He is the radiance of His glory and the exact representation of His nature. And upholds all things by the word of His power. Which He made purification of sins when He sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. If our view of our salvation is this. I just want to get to heaven. I don't think that this peace and joy and these things up here on the wall that we have painted from Galatians 5. That is a goal that is really impossible to reach. Because you've got to be perfect. Do you view it that way? Do you view it as something that can't happen? But Peter says it can You see, God has invested His power in your spiritual growth by empowering you with the Holy Spirit. Okay, we talk about the Holy Spirit quite often, and we talk about how we need to let the Spirit work in our lives. But I want you to look at it this way. God has invested Himself in you by giving you the Holy Spirit. He's giving you His power. Okay, in verse 4, we go back and read in, in chapter 1. And because of His glory and excellence, He has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share His divine nature. Now, notice, He says we can share in the divine nature of Jesus Christ. And how do we share in the divine nature of Jesus Christ is through the Holy Spirit. We share that and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. Jesus said this in Matthew twenty-eight verse eighteen. Uh, the scriptures, as Jesus approached and breaking the silence, all to them he says, "All authority, all power of rule in heaven on earth has been given to me." Jesus has all power. In heaven and on earth. Do you believe that? Do you truly believe he has that power? See Jesus has the authority to make and keep the promises. Because a promise is only as good as the one that made it. He has the authority. He has the power. He has the divine nature to make and keep promises. So, we share in this divine nature. And we allow the Holy Spirit to guide us. So, the question is how and when does this happen? We talk about all these things, but how and when does it happen? The answer is very simple when I submit. When I submit to God, my will, I submit my will. And ask for my will to align with his will. Does that make sense what I said? That we give up our will. And ask him to make our will align with his. We submit ourselves. A confident believer trusts in the power. So how do you measure spiritual maturity? This is how you measure it. On how that person treats God's promises. You measure spiritual maturity in your life. By how you keep the promises of God. Do you believe that you can have peace? Do you believe you can have joy? Jesus said all this is possible. In Matthew 11. Verse 28 through 30 is a passage of scripture we have read many times, I'm sure, in your life. But I want you to really concentrate on what Jesus is saying. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. How many of you this morning have a heavy burden? Okay, you... That's admitting before God and everyone, you've got a heavy burden. He says, come to me and all you that carry it, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. How are you treating the promises? He says, Take my, bring your burdens to me. And I'll give you peace and I'll give you rest. Jesus said this in Luke 6, 46 and 49. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do not practice what I tell you? I used to look at this verse and think, it's about keeping rules. No. It's not about keeping rules. It's about walking with Jesus. Why do you call me Lord and don't practice what I tell you? But the one, verse forty-nine. But the one has merely heard and does not practice what I say is like a foolish man who built his house on the ground without any foundation, and the torrent burst against it and immediately collapsed, and the ruin of that house was great. And the children sing a song about build the house on the rock. The rock of what? The promises of Jesus Christ. This is the way Jesus wants you to live. Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and give them to me, Jesus is telling us. Give the burden to me. No matter what comes my way, God's power will be there and His promises will be there to meet all my hardships and all my problems. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, Jesus says. Let my Holy Spirit guide you. And teach you. Now, the message says this in that particular verse Walk with me and work with me and watch how I do it. Learn the enforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill fitting on you. That's the yoke. My yoke is easy. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Jesus says, bring your worries to me. Bring your worries with me. Walk with me. Work with me. But we typically take our worry and say, it's my worry, and I'm not giving it up. If you have that attitude, it's going to break you down. And it's going to consume your life. He so, said, Well, it's it's more than I can handle. Jesus said, I can handle it. I can handle the burden. I can handle the worry. And in verse 5, Peter says this in view of this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. That's what we have to do. We have to respond. Spiritual growth is never accidental. It is intentional. We are partakers of the divine nature once we are made sons and daughters of God. But we grieve the Holy Spirit when we don't allow the Holy Spirit to work in our lives. And part of that process is helping us with our worry and our burden. The other part of verse 5. Supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence, moral excellence with knowledge. Verse 6, and knowledge self-control and self-control with patient endurance and patient endurance with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love for everyone. If you look up here on this wall, you see the fruit of the Spirit. Peter is reemphasizing this in his writing. You see, you've got to look at it this way. We're working in partnership with God. It's not Him overbearing and ready to, to send us to hell. He is here wanting to work with us and help us make it through this life. He gives us His Holy Spirit to do that job. To partner with us. To work through this life that is at times so difficult. In verse 22, excuse me, verse 16 of Galatians 5, Paul says this, "So so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. If you do that, he says, then you won't be doing what your sinful nature desires. Let the Holy Spirit guide your life. In verse 22, but when the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Why is it so hard to do? Our humanity is fighting against us because Satan has trained us think our worry is our doom doubt doubt is what we carry isn't it can I really give this up you see if we live by the spirit the spirit will be leading us As Paul writes about in Galatians 5 verse 25. What do we have to do? We have to believe and follow the promise. The promise is. That what Jesus told us. I will take your burden. I will take your worry. We have to submit. In order for that to happen. Do you have a burden that you want to give to Him? Do you have a worry? And I'm telling you, you, you have problems with your children. You have things that are going on in your health. It's hard to do that. If we don't submit it. This faith was given to you. That you have in Jesus. It was given to you. God wants to give you More. Than your salvation. He wants to give you. Joy. Peace. He wants you to have those things. And that's to believe in the promise. Make every effort. As Peter said. To respond. To God's promises. And the point is. Do you believe in the promise. That he'll take your burden? And you say, you just don't understand. Yeah, I understand. I understand plenty. I know about health problems. I know about family problems. I know about those things. And they are burdens. But at some point, and it's taken us a long time, Susan and I, to learn, I've got to give this over to God. I can't let that worry, that burden, affect my entire life In all the relationships I have with others. I have to learn to give that worry up. Because I believe in the promise. Is it easy? Some days it's not. But most days. Because I believe in the promise. I get peace. He gives me peace. Over that. Walk with me Jesus said. Work with me. Watch how I do it. And I'm undefeated when I stand with Jesus. When I keep him near. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. And what we're going to do this morning, you're going to have an opportunity, if you want to come down and release your burden this morning, your worry, we'll be here to pray with you and help you do that. Don't hold the burden. Allow Jesus to take the burden. He uses his people to help you in prayer. Rick, you believe in the power of prayer, don't you, brother? Rick has been through a lot health-wise recently, but he's here healthy and well because I believe in the prayers that were lifted up for him. God has blessed Rick's life and Kim but he can bless you with every burden you have by giving you peace over it you've got to believe in the promise you've got to respond to the promise Jesus it makes it simple walk with me work with me Father God we pray that if there are burdens that people have this morning that we just pray, Father, Your Spirit works and moves within them to come to you and re- and help them release it, to release that burden and that problem in the name of Jesus. And Father, we give you all the glory and all the honor.